gonna be just like senior year, except for funner. Hey everyone, welcome back to the rom-com room. This is episode two and we're so excited. I'm Kendra. I'm Mercedes, and this week we're talking about the Mariah Carey play on words movie, Always Be My Maybe. But of course, we have to kick it off with our celebrity crush of the week. Mercedes, oh tell me, who are you crushing on this week? Okay, Kendra, I don't know if you watch Euphoria. I've been of watching. Of course. Every episode gives me a panic attack like most people, but I am fully <laughs> crushing on Ingus Cloud and Dominic Fike. I'm so glad he's on this season because I've had a crush on Dominic Fike for years because I love his music, but Ingus Cloud... He is. He plays Fez. His eyes. He has like sad boy eyes, but like the longest eyelashes and like a kind heart. And oh gosh, I love. Him. He is very cute. That is a no. That's a good. That's a good choice. So I actually read that he had never acted at all before. Yeah. And so I thought that was really interesting. Who is Dominic Fike? What character does he play? He plays Elliot. He's the like new guy that's hanging out with Rue. Okay, I haven't started season two just yet. I'm trying to finish okay. Narcos, so my bad. Um, oh my <laughs> speaking of Narcos, <laughs> that of course has to do with my celebrity crush of the week. Yes. I am totally, completely crushing on Alfonso Dosal. He is a Mexican actor. <laughs> he plays Ben Hameen in this season of Narcos, mm -hmm. part of the uh, Ariano's uh family and oh my gosh he's his eyes are just such a light brown and he's so cute and i don't know why i never paid attention to him last season but this season i'm just like what's up alfonso oh okay benjamin i, I to, see you <laughs> i need to catch up because i have no idea who you're talking about but his name yeah. is hot <laughs> yeah he does i know right i think so i think so too <laughs> <laughs> all right guys welcome to tldr we are going to recap this movie. If you haven't seen it, we are talking about Always Be My Maybe, and we are so excited to be talking about this. Take it away, Mercedes. Yes, so this movie follows Sasha Tran, played by Ali Wong, and Marcus Kim, played by Randall Park. They're, it starts off, they're neighbors, childhood best friends, grow up in San Francisco. Sasha really bonds with Marcus's family, spends a lot of her time over there, and that's where she discovers her passion for cooking from his mom. And then we get to see this whole montage of them being kids, having fun, and then <laughs> And at 18, Marcus's mom sadly dies, and his friendship with Sasha kind of takes a toll after the two of them have sex for the first time together. <laughs> it's mm -hmm. stressful. <laughs> and after an argument, they kind of have a fallout, lose touch. 16 years later, Sasha is a celebrity chef engaged to a successful businessman, Brendan Choi, played by Daniel Day Kim. Beautiful. Yes. So beautiful. Yes. <laughs> and Marcus is still living the same life that he was when he was 18. He's at home living with his father, playing in the same band, hasn't left San Francisco at all. And when Sasha has to temporarily move back to San Francisco to open up a new restaurant, the two run into each other, begin spending more time together. And she actually ends her engagement, but quickly moves on with not Marcus, Keanu Reeves. Keanu Reeves! <laughs> Iconic. Truly, like, one of the best characters ever in a rom-com. Yeah, 100%. 100%. And, yeah, but the jealousy builds in Marcus. Chaos ensues between him and Keanu. It's hilarious. Sasha and Marcus kind of both vocalize that they have had long-term feelings for each other, and they begin dating. All is going well until Sasha has to move on to her next venture in New York and opening up her new restaurant. Marcus lets fear really take a hold of him and their great relationship ends because of his refusal to move with her mm -hmm. and um but while she's gone he's really they're both still in 
love but they just haven't said anything and he realizes that he like needs to be her main supporter and he decides to make the big leap and go to new york express his love in front of everyone buys a new suit professes his love it's very <laughs> sweet and then he actually makes the decision to move to new york and just celebrate her as he as she builds her new restaurant in new york and like yes. goes off on all these new ventures it's beautiful it's absolutely beautiful and i think it's so cute at the end too how the new restaurant that she has is named after his mom oh my god it's so <laughs> sweet yeah it's really sweet so this is a 2019 netflix film directed by nanachka khan who also created the abc show fresh off the boat which also yes. stars randall park so mm -hmm. it's just like a continual collaboration between these two <laughs> and for all of my millennials who watch nickelodeon she also wrote episodes of unfabulous oh my gosh i remember yes exactly i love that show um this movie was also written by both ali wong and randall park as well as michael Go uh, golomko well, i hope i say that right michael golomko <laughs> uh, who also wrote episodes of the nbc show grim so this is just like a bunch of collaborative people coming together yep. making a lot of just really great magic for us and we appreciate it yeah <laughs> <laughs> so Ali and Randall actually wrote the iconic Keanu Reeves scene, not knowing if they could actually get Keanu Reeves, but they sent him the script and he was like, he literally said, I would be honored to be a part Aww. of your love story, like quote. And I think that's so cute. Oh and it doesn't surprise me too, because Keanu Reeves has an amazing reputation of mm -hmm. being one of the kindest people to work with in the industry. Like you will never hear people say anything mean about him. He's just super, <laughs> he's very... So he's always on time. He's always considerate, compassionate. He learns everyone's names on set. Like he's yeah. that type of actor. And I love that. And that's why he's so beautiful because he's also mm -hmm. kind. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, actually, Ali Wong and Randall Park like have been friends since the 90s. And they started coming up with this idea like years prior to this film even being made. And then in an interview, she was saying how they've been working on like making their own version of When Harry Met Sally. And mm -hmm. then Netflix heard about it and was like, no, we're green lighting this immediately. Yeah, and I just love that they co-wrote it. And then they're playing the leads. And it's just so cool because like, I don't know, like, I don't know about you, but like, I always start like fun collaborative projects with my friends and like to see mm -hmm. that come to fruition would just be must be like the best feeling and oh my god randall park he his like rapping in the movie yes is based on his like real <laughs> rapping and yeah was, like he was part of like a rap group in the 90s in the bay area and like he co-wrote all these songs i love it i have a question i feel like you can't grow up in the bay area without being a part of a rap group at some point in your life I every just like... single person i hear from the bay area is was in a rap group yeah me too so like true. they're all into music like because it's a big music place so yeah. you know shouts out randall park i like your rhymes best believe i, I punch it. keanu reeves <laughs> it's so good also like i don't know about you but i kind of label this movie as being a major part of like the hollywood rom-com renaissance mm. like through streaming sites like netflix really like started bringing the rom-com back like we see it with to all the boys and then we see it yeah. here like 2018 2019 was like this new surge of streaming rom-coms and mm -hmm. i am just so grateful oh my goodness so grateful. exactly and well, it's funny too because that's what this podcast is about it's about reclaiming pot it's about yeah. reclaiming rom-coms and i feel like netflix is giving us permission as well as us to do that so we need a partner netflix come sponsor us <laughs> <laughs>
All right, guys, we're going to launch into Time Capsule. We like to just recap where we were, what we were doing at the time that this movie came out, which wasn't too long ago. So I had just gotten back from Mongolia, where I spent my 27th Ooh. birthday. I was camping in the Gobi Desert for five oh days. Oh, my and goodness. I was like, yeah, just frolicking around Ulamador, Mongolia. And I came <laughs> back because this movie came out end of May. And so I had come back yeah. and I work, a lot of my coworkers are Asian American, and they were just raving about this movie. They were like, it's so funny. It's so relatable. And also it was like a very nice representation for their community, like having this rom-com that has uh, Asian American leads. And so I watched it and absolutely loved it. I just remember yeah. being at home by myself, laughing my butt off. I rewound <laughs> that Keanu, that whole Keanu Reeves scene so many times, like the dinner scene too, where they're eating like, like drinking the clear asparagus oh, soup. Oh, I love, or I love it. Yes. And it's funny because I had never heard of Ali Wong before this, and so I need to watch way more of her stand-up specials. Oh, my uh, Baby Cobra, iconic. I yeah. <laughs> her stand-up, I like cry laugh because I'm laughing so hard. Like I have yeah. tears. Okay, and it's let's... <laughs> so good. I remember, okay, so this was 2019. This mm -hmm. was actually the start of my first summer in New York. I had just finished my first year of my master's. So it was pretty, it was a pretty fun time. Mm -hmm. I'm 23. I'm living in New York. I was in grad housing and my roommate had just like left because she was doing an internship for the summer. So I had the whole apartment to myself, the whole, it was the first time I was living by myself for for like a mm -hmm. few months at least and it was so much fun i actually remember the day i watched this because in 2019 i did like this list on my notes app where i did like a blurb of the day just yeah. talking about what i did that day and this day i watched it i didn't watch it on the day it came out i watched it on june 5th and my dad mm. had just visited me so we had like a few days so it was like <laughs> the blurb was like dad went back to new mexico here watch always be my maybe it loved it and it was just yeah. like so cute <laughs> and it was just like hung out in my apartment by myself <laughs> it, was, oh. it was really cute i was like going to so many concerts that summer i had just gone to like gov ball which was my first music festival for the first okay. time it was so much fun i just remember just it was a great time. And I also remember tweeting, always be my maybe is rom-com gold, like after I watched it, because I just <laughs> yeah. loved it so much. Do you have a treasured memory that kind of centers around a movie for you? I, I probably have so many. I don't even know if I could narrow them down. Can you think yeah. of one? Um, a treasured memory that surrounds a movie. Okay. I don't know if I'd call this a treasured memory, but I remember it was a, a, something that affected me a lot. So yeah. I consider myself a film buff and I've watched so many movies. I studied film in school. I've watched so many movies in my lifetime. I remember having an internship at the Cannes Film Festival in France. Ooh. And the premiere movie of that festival was uh, Moonrise Kingdom, the Wes Anderson film. Oh my gosh. And I kid you not, we were in the Lumiere Theater, which is like a super prestigious theater. People like dream yeah. of having their film screen there. Mercedes, tell me why I fell asleep during this movie. It was no. the first time in my life that I fell asleep during a movie and I woke up so convicted. I was like, what is happening to me? I have never fallen asleep oh, like over a movie before goodness. was happening. So I went home because I couldn't tell if it was like the movie or the director or what it was, or maybe I was just tired. So I went home and watched all of Wes Anderson's films. I watched every single one and decided <laughs> it's just because I don't like Wes Anderson. <laughs> Whoa, hot take, a hot take. I hot thought take. you were going to be like, it was time zones. It was, it was, <laughs> it was, it was Wes Anderson. It was, unfortunately, it was Wes Anderson. This is uh, actually crazy <laughs> to me because Moonrise Kingdom is like highly ranked on my list of Wes movies. I know, but we also, as much as we we, we bond over rom-coms, I feel like we have a difference when it comes to other taste. genres it's of movies. Because I love oh like depressing God. dramas. <laughs> But I, li also I, like sad, I like sad movies too, but I do, mm -hmm. yeah, 
that's yeah. that, this is crazy I'm, I oh my gosh <laughs> i don't even know sorry. how to feel <laughs> sorry to, sorry to disappoint but i want to know too like who did you have a crush on that year so we like to talk about our celebrity crush of the week at the beginning of the show i would love to know who you had a crush on that year in 2019. okay so like i said it was my first year in new york my first summer i was just living life <laughs> so um I'll stick with the more leaning toward a celebrity crush here. My, I was mm. mainly crushing on Omar Apollo. He was taking up a lot of my attention. I don't know if you mm. have listened to him before. No, but <laughs> okay. his name sounds very familiar. Well, he's a beautiful Mexican-American musician who I absolutely mm -hmm. adore. That year, I saw him probably like five times. I like oh, wow. ended up, my friend and I ended up at this like event where we're like, if we're there, like, seeing his, like, Fader short film or something, mm -hmm. following his, like, blue beanie around the bar, being like, we're going to talk to him now. I'm going to talk to him. Because in my head, I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah I can I can get this. Like, yeah. this is... This is <laughs> like, our levels aren't... He's not that high up yet. Yeah, yeah. And so I was like, we're, we're good. This this can happen. Too scared. By the time we're like, we're going to do it, he was gone. He left, mm -hmm. like, immediately. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's how it always happens. But hey, that's how that's how it starts out in rom-coms, right? Like, you go to, like, talk exactly. to someone and then they're gone. And then when you come around and you meet each other again, it's fate. <laughs> it'll happen. I believe it'll happen. He's also, 100%. he's from Indiana. My family is a big Notre Dame like family so like it mm. it works out you know we'll have like yeah. beautiful beautiful babies <laughs> i will have to um i will have to fault you there because i went to syracuse and notre dame was one of our rivals so Ooh. love you but also don't love you <laughs> <laughs> so back in 2019 um i also feel like i had a crush on someone who was accessible but i think i just made that up in my head i don't think they actually were <laughs> oh that's so me I, with every every person yeah i had a crush <laughs> on this influencer named bc serna and i just thought he was so beautiful but also like i'm christian and he loves jesus and i was just like it's so hard to find someone who's just like regular but also like goes to church but also is like really cool and really good Good looking at all of this so stuff true. and so he just encompassed all of that and i was like it's meant to be but it's so funny how people are very different online versus who they are in person mm -hmm. because they like had this valentine's day thing where they go to like retirement homes and give flowers to old people when i you know met him and some of his friends in person he was just not who i no. thought he was i know it sucks and i think that's why i kind of have a bad taste in my mouth sometimes about influencers because mm -hmm. it just seems like the persona can just be so different but i was like we are meant to be he is going to be it and he's engaged now so congratulations to him that's great for him oh but my uh, goodness. yeah it's what a letdown though i hate when that happens it happens though it happens and it's totally it fine <laughs> but oh, this is my gosh. favorite part of the show versus is this is a rom-com <laughs> hall of fame where we just like to talk about everything that is happening in the rom-com. But first, we have to roast this film. Tell me, in your opinion, what doesn't age well? What could completely just be taken away from this movie? It is very recent, but yeah. there's still stuff we can roast. Okay, so since it is so recent, I don't have like major roast, but I do have some mm -hmm. things that I want to ask questions about. Like yeah. um, Michelle Buteau's character, she plays Veronica, who's Sasha's other best friend who grew up, who grew up with them mm -hmm. in San Francisco. And I 
I wanted to see more from their friendship because Sasha is somebody who's like not very close with her family and seems to build mm-hmm. family through her other relationships and friendships. So yeah. I just wanted more there, more than just like the funny black best friend character that she kind of falls into that trope. And I wanted more for her because mm-hmm. I feel like they probably have like such a great dynamic, like in the, like the Sasha Veronica universe of this movie, yeah. like they have probably have like such a closer bond than we get to see. She's kind of just there for like one liners about like being pregnant. Yeah. And I wanted more. <laughs> I agree. I think like there could have been a lot more added to that friendship because mm-hmm. you got a taste of it when, you know, Marcus was making fun of Sasha for using her phone voice. And yeah. then <laughs> she comes in and she's like, Don't use your phone voice on me. Exactly. <laughs> so there is there is something more there. And we only got like one clip of her in that montage of them growing up. So we can yeah. kind of understand that she was their friend growing up, but not a ton. Um my roast. Uh, of course, are Jenny's dreadlocks. Oh my uh, god, so bad, so, <laughs> so bad. bad. Um, I do believe that is cultural appropriation. I think there are people who have this yes. opinion of like we shouldn't be policing people's hair. Um, the second, I won't go it's, into all that, but it is. Horrible. I think it's horrible. <laughs> it is cultural appropriation, and I just think it's yes. funny because. But they do kind of address it. They're just like, how did that? How did those stay in her hair? And Marcus is like, I think a crochet needle is involved. <laughs> and yeah. I thought that was really funny. Um, but definitely, guys, like, don't be wearing dreads in your hair. Like, it's just, mm-hmm. it is not I a cute it. look. They try to play it off in, like, a self-aware way, but I also think you could have made her, like, the quirky, kooky, random girlfriend of Marcus with a mm-hmm. different hairdo. <laughs> like... the, you know, it kind of goes into her whole vibe, though, because she's all about, like, spirituality and, like, good vibes and, like, helping people and climate True. change. And, like, I, I feel like when I think of, like, a hippie person, she is kind of what comes to mind. So it just, it adds to the vibe. <laughs> 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 Absolutely, absolutely. You have every... <laughs> what else is I feel but like there I feel is like... so much to love. Mm-hmm. There's so much to love about this movie. Do you have absolutely. more to roast? I thought you had more to roast. <laughs> I want to give you some no. space. I mean, like, we. I think we both agree. <laughs> we really like this movie, and we think it's really yeah. good. Um, <laughs> so that's totally fine. We can move on. <laughs> Quotability is also just something that is so funny because every time oh we God. watch a movie, right, we just have to be like. This this quote is like the iconic quote, and I want to know what your first one is. Okay, probably my favorite quote <laughs> is. Marcus, your car smells like Parmesan. From the beginning, <laughs> like yeah. five minutes in, that's probably my favorite. But I have a few. What are yours? Um, I love the part where he's like. The stunt coordinator for John Wick taught me this game he invented. It's called Vice Breaker. It's like Truth or Dare, but a little more. Apocalyptic. Mm. <laughs> that had to be improv. It had to be improv. I think so that good. whole scene was improv. Like Keanu just <laughs> killed it. That whole scene. <laughs> I love when Marcus goes to buy his suit at Tom Ford, and he's like, "My friend Keanu Reeves recommended you guys. Have you heard of Keanu Reeves? He's my friend. I punched him in the face." And it's like you just punched this man <laughs> in the face. In exactly. the face. Yeah. And then the last one too for quotability. I think. Um, when Jenny and Marcus are talking after leaving, like they're about to leave Keanu's house, and she's like, I'm gonna stay. She's like, Look at everything that Leonardo DiCaprio has done for climate change. What has he done for climate change? He's working on it. I think that is the funniest <laughs> line in movie history. It's so, she's right. He is working on it. <laughs> he is. Thank you, Leo, for all you're doing for climate change. Appreciate it. That beautiful face. Of <laughs> yeah, yours. all you're doing. Um, I also just love at the end when he's like, Sasha Tran. Can I hold your purse for you? 
because that's like the end of his big speech to -hmm. her and i just oh my gosh it's so cute and sweet and personal and i love it (laughs) who would you want to hold your purse currently in life mercedes in life yeah right now is there someone special in your life you wish would (laughs) would hold your purse Nico Haraga. Yeah. <laughs> no Nico, one in my actual life. <laughs> come sweep Mercedes off her feet. She's waiting for you. I told you, Please. too, about my superpower, about yeah. being able to detect when people are about to find love. So I'll let you know when Nico's coming. Oh, <laughs> my God. I'd be so nervous. How about you? Do you have somebody in mind? I mean, yeah, but I didn't know until recently. Like, I have the biggest crush on Dermot Kennedy. I just saw that he, so he used to live in LA up until like yesterday. He announced that he no. moved to New York and he'll be there for the foreseeable future. And the way that my heart sank, I was just like, that's it. I'm never going to meet him. I'm going to his home country in five days, but no. like, I know he's not going to be there. And it just makes me so sad that I feel like I'm never going to finally get the chance to meet Dermot Kennedy because he's not Sounds here like in LA anymore. Sounds like it's time for a trip to new york that's I what know. i'm hearing i know you you're absolutely right road trip <laughs> not right. a road trip please just take the red eye <laughs> that's far if always be my baby came up on your tinder profile would you swipe left or right i'm swiping right every day how about you i said i'm swiping right and never saying maybe because i think Mm-hmm. I, and this may be an unpopular opinion. I think a little bit of intimidation in like of your partner is kind of healthy because it keeps yeah. you constantly trying to be your best and it keeps you on your toes. I think it keeps things interesting. I mean, what do you yeah. think? Yeah, I think it motivates people to level up to like their mm-hmm. best ability. Like you're mm-hmm. always trying to do your best. Um, but I also want people to do their best for themselves too. So I think like you need to find more ways of motivation. But I do agree with you. It levels you up. Yeah. Absolutely. Speaking of being your best, welcome to Couples Therapy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we like to just give advice <laughs> to the characters in the movie just about how they can their improve, improve their relationship and everything. So Mercedes, I know we both have a lot for this. <laughs> we have a lot to say. We have a lot. Um, <laughs> I just think, I hope that Sasha and Marcus can just practice being vulnerable with each other a bit more. I yeah. don't think it should take a huge fight and miscommunication for them to finally say how they feel, especially given their history and how long they've known each other. Mm-hmm. But it also feels like that's kind of the allure of their relationship. It's just built on un- unspoken words. And I just hope that vulnerability comes easier for them and yeah. that they let each other in fully because I think they both know how to hurt each other because they know each other so well that I would hate for them to continue to get into fights and try to hurt each other. But I also feel like it's, I also feel like a part of it is because they know each other that they don't understand each other. I think that there is a big difference because I saw this quote that said, um, I hope you find someone who speaks your language so you don't have to spend a lifetime translating your soul. I feel like they know how to speak, but they don't know how to translate. Mm. Does that make sense? (laughs) I love this. I love this. I love this metaphor. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I would love I would just love for them to be able to translate each other's words and emotions and how they're feeling so that they can yeah. have more joy in their relationship. Totally. I mean, 
all in all, this is a love story about two individuals who are both becoming more emotionally available. Mm -hmm. And I want that to continue for both of them. My main thing for these two is self-work. Like they need to individually grow. Like Marcus needs a life of his own that doesn't mm -hmm. revolve around taking care of his dad and staying living the same life he did as a teen. And it also mm -hmm. means not just taking all that care that he was just giving to like his dad and moving it to Sasha. Like mm -hmm. I love the fact that he's like finally like brave enough to move and venture beyond his comfort zone but it also needs to be for himself i need i think he needs more maturing too i think definitely definitely like sasha pushes him and drives him to learn more about himself and explore these things that might feel uncomfortable but mm -hmm. like he needs to remember that like it is so important to like be ambitious and like have goals and it's also like hot to do those things and like, <laughs> you want to do them and like i want to see the person i love do those for themselves too like not just yeah. to like prove it to me but prove it to themselves and i it's like really concerning to me that he spent such a long time so comfortable like not changing mm -hmm. and then it it makes me nervous that like it won't last very long yeah because he is hesitant to change but i also feel like when you do fall in love with someone you become so much more brave right you totally. want to take those leaps you want to take those chances and you're willing to change mm -hmm. for that person and i do believe that they love each other and so i'm hoping through that love that marcus grows yeah. and matures a bit more I will say that. Definitely. I mean, vulnerability is truly the bravest thing you could do. Like, mm -hmm. and I I want that for both of them. Sasha definitely is interesting because at first glance, I think we could see her as this like very independent person, which she is. But Marcus does point out at one point during their argument um, where that she's like very uncomfortable being without a significant other. Like if you look at it, mm. she like rapidly goes from being engaged to dating Keanu to dating Marcus in <laughs> a matter of like a month, mm -hmm. which to me is very a chaotic pattern. <laughs> like yeah. you need to be comfortable by yourself and like learning those things. I don't know. I think like she she needs to find herself unattached to anybody romantically mm. and mm -hmm. I, it's also about like i don't know reprioritizing ideals because she was like well if i can't find somebody now i'm just gonna like have like be a single mom immediately and it's like yeah. you're not giving yourself a chance to breathe and like be alone <laughs> like yeah come on <laughs> i feel like i, I uh, okay i understand what you're saying i also understand yeah. sasha's sentiments as well though because mm -hmm. as someone who has been single for 29 years i do have to kind of have a backup plan of like what's gonna happen oh, totally. if i continue on this path of like you know trying my hardest to date and continuously not meeting anyone that you know could potentially be a partner like do i I have to have kids on my own do i have to do x y and z and i just feel like yeah. the way that sasha is going about it and the way i'm going about it are just different because like sasha has options but just because she has options doesn't mean they're viable options whereas i feel like mm -hmm. i don't have options so i'm just like what do i do <laughs> so like, i i get what you're saying i also want to point out too that i have a friend who you know really just opened up to me and told me that she feels like she is a better person when she is in a relationship. And I have mm. to try to just like validate that reasoning. You know, yeah. if you feel like you are the best version of yourself when you're with someone else, we just kind of have to, you know, we have to take it for, for what it is. I think, yeah, you should learn to be comfortable on your own, but just some people are, are, are not good with that. And I don't know what that says about them because I'm like yeah. the queen of being <laughs> on my own and I can't Same. relate. But I think, <laughs> yeah, I think we're, we're, we're both similar in that sense. But I think we do just also have to just kind of validate like, you know what, everyone's on their on their own journey. And at the end That's of the so day, 
yeah at the end of the day you have to do what's best for you um but <laughs> it's funny because sometimes i feel like maybe we don't know what's best for us and that's like you know kind of played out through love language and like the love languages that we that mm -hmm. we give out so i'm curious mercedes what do you think these main characters their love languages are Okay, so I think acts of service and quality time are pretty major in this movie. Mm -hmm. I see acts of service in like the hold my purse quote that like is ongoing through parts of this movie. Yeah. I also see it when I see it more in Sasha giving acts of service, the way she like buys all Marcus's band merch. Like that's mm. so that's so sweet and like mm -hmm. that's a major investment. Yeah, <laughs> and absolutely. And he's she's also just like good at getting Marcus to actually like do things and he is for her as well in a different way in a more grounding way of like showing her like oh like let's spend time in these places that used to bring you so much comfort and joy and like re-remind yeah. you of these things um that you may have like forgotten on like your life ventures beyond your hometown but mm -hmm. yeah I think I think she is more acts of service he's more quality time in that way I also yeah. think in the way also like naming like dedicating a whole restaurant to his mother like that's oh. a major major thing act of service yeah absolutely yeah. I think it's funny because I actually think Sasha gives quality time but mm. needs words of affirmation and I said mm. it because I feel like them spending so much time to them together when they are growing up was really rewarding for both of them. Um, yeah. I think she needs words of affirmation because it seems like she can be really scared to use her words. I'm just thinking mm -hmm. of the scene where she is telling Marcus like, oh, maybe I'll just have a baby on my own. And he starts to like, you know, make her realize like, you know, how to do that's too fast. And she's like, no, yeah. I had me growing up. And just, I think sometimes she can just be really triggered by her words. And so she needs mm -hmm. someone to kind of speak that positivity into her and like speak that love into her um and i think too it must be hard to like someone for 18 years and just not tell them so that's oh another gosh, thing yeah. that i think like maybe she might be scared of her words so she could really use words of affirmation mm -hmm. um and also just like after their whole fight in the kitchen of marcus not wanting to go to new york with her she tells him like she loves him and it but it took that fight for that to come out you know so that's why i feel like she needs words of affirmation maybe to even just make her more comfortable in using her own words and then yeah i feel like you know maybe this is why her and marcus are <laughs> meant to be together <laughs> i feel like marcus gives words of affirmation but in his own cynical way so i'm just gonna mm -hmm. say this right now and sorry if this is a hot take i don't like marcus as a character i don't Ooh. i don't like cynicism i am the most optimistic extroverted person i do not like cynics they just, mm -hmm. the hopeless romantic in me cannot handle them because they want to <laughs> be so real and like so, they want to be so specific about everything. And I'm just like, no, you can leave life up to fate and to like fantasy and stuff. They're just like, no. <laughs> There's and also so I, ways of being real without like being so negative. Exactly. You know? And I feel like that is that's not something that anyone has really mastered i'll be completely honest mm -hmm. like the cynics that i have it's hard. Encountered. It's hard. yeah 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 so i feel like he uses sar like sarcasm as a way of expressing himself but also protecting himself and Definitely. so i actually think his character is a little triggering because it reminds me so much of my ex <laughs> yeah but i think he receives acts of service like he really appreciated when sasha bought all of the merch for him and like pushed yeah. him to be better so i don't know maybe these two do belong together <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't okay, know. well, okay, well then let's talk about five years from now. Do you see this couple lasting in five years? 
I see them lasting, but I see it like it needs to come with some real personal work. Like I was saying earlier, like these two Mm -hmm. need to be really diligent in the way they communicate. And like those things need to change. And they Mm -hmm. also need he mainly Marcus, because I have a lot of criticisms like you of Marcus. Like he there's a lot of things to be frustrated by with this character. Yes. And it's mainly like I don't want him like my fear is that like he'll go to New York and be like, when's the time to go? Like it's Mm -hmm. just like a trip or like it's just like a temporary where he's like, well, Endgame is probably back in San Francisco where I don't think that's her Endgame ever. Yeah, exactly. And I I need them to communicate that more. Like, that needs to be, like, a plan. Like, please discuss this. Mm -hmm. I agree. I also think they will last five years, but I think it's because I feel like it's so rare to be attracted to someone as you're growing up, right? Because you change so much during that time. And Mm -hmm. then to separate when you're still kids, because they were, like, what, 18 going to college? When you're still, like, so young, you separate, you grow individually, and then come back together later in life, and you're still attracted to each other. I feel like as a hopeless romantic, I would call that fate. (laughs) But (laughs) I do think they will strive to make it work with each other because they're just so much of each other's past And they want to be each other's futures as well. I have a question for you before we move on. I do you like childhood friends to lovers trope? Like, do you like that? I don't know if I believe it. I have conflicting. For me, it feels not in all cases, not in this case. Because I think, like, the common thing is, like, oh, she moves and then she comes back and then she's, like, oh, this is where I'm supposed to be the whole time. I didn't yeah. know who I was. And I hate that. It's, like, yeah. no, this is, this is settling. This feels like <laughs> Stockholm Syndrome. Okay. <laughs> like, get out of there. Okay. Okay. I Okay. So, with that in mind, then, yes. Because I'm thinking of, like, Sweet Home Alabama. I'm thinking of 13 yeah. going on 30, which are other rom-coms that we'll probably talk about in future episodes. Definitely. But it does sound like – I feel like if you are the type of person who you – do everything you can to try to take yourself out of your comfort zone and explore the world and meet different people. Like that's going to change you. And I don't think that changed version of yourself is always going to relate to the past version of yourself. And that's totally yeah. okay. I feel I feel that way in a lot of times. Like who I was growing up is not who I am now to the point that I mm-hmm. have no desire to return back to the place that I come from. And if I did, I don't know if I'd necessarily be attracted to anyone there because I just kind of see them as like, okay, well, you guys didn't go and do anything. With yeah. Your wife, it's also sense. like people from your past, I guess when they come back into your present, they also kind of have like a time stamped memory for you. So your idea mm. of them is still going to be their past version of themselves who they aren't anymore either yeah absolutely i think people from your past can keep you kind of in a cage and like trap you into who you used to be and so you Mm -hmm. maybe you fall into that mold um and i'm trying to break free like a bird exactly (laughs) we're here for growing we're here to evolve exactly yes (laughs) we are here for the evolution of love oh (laughs) gosh mercedes are you ready for a heartthrob I'm always ready for Heartthrob. I'm always ready. <laughs> yes. So in Heartthrob, we just like to talk about all of the our crushes in the movie and everything like that. So I feel like, first of all, who would you introduce your friends to and your family to in this movie? Hello, Keanu. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> Even like unhinged Keanu, who like is almost talking in third person, like just so chaotic <laughs> and like makes them play that awful question game where they're just mm-hmm. taking quite like very deep personal questions 
questions out of a bowl and like sharing very <laughs> intimate um, information. I I love him. He the skinny scarf he wears to dinner is hilarious to me. That's a detail yes. that's like so diva that I just love. I love it. I'm like I. I would be like Jenny. I would stay. I'd be like Marcus. Mm. You can go. Yeah, <laughs> it's so here. funny. When we were thinking of this segment, so heartthrob. When you were thinking of who the heartthrob was for this movie, did you even consider Marcus? Because I definitely didn't no. even consider him. You yeah. know how embarrassing it would be to introduce this guy, like who has lived, like doesn't do anything, like has had the same like band who doesn't play other venues, like is just like a stoner boy. Yeah, like, lives who's, at like, home. 18 and, yeah, exactly. 18 in his mind, but actually like 34 in real life. Like <laughs> I would be so embarrassed and like no offense to anyone out there who may relate to him. But... <laughs> I don't want to throw shade, but like I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Yeah. I wouldn't either. I wouldn't either. I wouldn't even consider him. But it's funny, too, because I feel like Keanu uh, is the obvious choice for who you would yeah. introduce to your friends and family. But I'm actually going to go out on a limb here and say, Mr. Kim is my heartthrob of this movie. Oh, my goodness. Mr. Kim is such a cute, sweet old man. And he clearly likes black women. Hello to the mm -hmm. Diana Ross impersonator. Yes, <laughs> and we love I feel them. Like we love them. I feel like even in his older age, though, he still has so much love to give. And I am, I am all about accepting love and giving love. So... Mr. Kim he, is actually my heart dog. He really is great. Like I am so uh, like in awe of Marcus's parents. Their portrayal in this movie is like yeah. he has cool parents. Like yeah, his mom was an artist painter, and like his dad's just like chill and awesome, mm -hmm. and like lets them go. Like even when they're young, and he's like, can, "Can me and Sasha go out for the night? It's Friday." I was like, "You're like ten. Like yeah. as if my parents would ever let me outside in the dark." I, I was shocked, and he's like, "Yeah, sure." I was, I, I was floored by that i was like are you yeah. serious your parents are so cool yeah but also like the relationship that marcus has with his dad too like his dad's like mm -hmm. comes into when his room dance. what are you doing yeah he's like what are you doing he's like oh smoking a joint about to you know have a dance competition or whatever i thought that was really that was I really cute love when they were both dancing in his room it's so adorable mm -hmm. <laughs> all right listeners it is time for mary screw kill we always like to take three characters from the movie and talk about who we would marry who we would screw and who we would kill Mercedes, tell us first. Okay, oh, who would you, God. what, who would you marry? Who would you screw? Who would you kill? Okay, I'm gonna marry Keanu, screw Brandon, the ex-fiance, mm -hmm. and kill mm -hmm. Marcus. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. I'm going to. Hmm. I feel bad because I like Randall I Park a lot. I know I do too. I like I like him as an actor, and but this character so is not handsome. It. Yeah, exactly. Okay, yeah. I'm going to. I usually like to throw a wrench in here, but I don't think I'm, I'm going to. I'm gonna marry Keanu. <laughs> I beat you to it. <laughs> yeah, marry Keanu. Screw Brandon. Kill Marcus. Sorry, Marcus. It's the only way to do it. I am gonna mix it up and ask you another one. Okay, Mr. Kim. Brandon, okay. Keanu. <laughs> oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Okay, okay, okay. Marry Mr. Kim, screw Keanu, kill Brandon. How I about you? I completely agree. I completely yeah? agree. Okay, good. Yeah. We are on the same level, Mercedes. I love this. <laughs> We're here for Mr. Kim. <laughs> <laughs> We're here for Mr. Kim. But listeners, we'd love to hear from you. What do you think about Mr. Kim? Who is your heartthrob in the movie? Who would you marry? Who would you screw? And who would you kill? Before we wrap it up, we always love to bring in a pop culture moment. Um, I just wanted to say, I read an article recently 
it actually just came out, I think, yesterday, that said Ooh. Keanu Reeves is actually really embarrassed by his wealth and that he gives so much of it away. Like, he's given away, like, 70% of his wealth. Oh so he is just, like, a really generous person. Like I said, he's known in the industry for just being a super kind and humble person, but he's also mm-hmm. known for, like, giving really generous gifts. Like, if you serve Keanu Reeves at a restaurant, he's going to give you a huge tip. He wow. likes to donate to charities. Yeah, his sister, he's really close with his sister, and his sister, unfortunately, had leukemia, and she's in remission now, but she, but he has given away a lot of money for cancer research. Wow. He gave, like, $20,000 to the set builder on the set of The Matrix because he heard he was having financial problems. Any oh stuntman that works with him for, like, John Wick or The Matrix, he gives them, like, Harley motorcycles and Rolex watches and with personal inscriptions on them. So then there's wow. all of these stuntmen in the industry who are dying to work with Keanu because of because Aww. of, like, how generous he is. And I'm just like, Keanu Reeves, if you happen to listen to this, please pay off my student loans. <laughs> oh, same. Add me in there, too. Please, yes. I'm begging. We are Keanu begging. Keanu Reeves, he, after hearing this, I had no idea about any of this. Like, he really yeah. is very much kind of like Dolly Parton in the way where they're just, like, good-hearted, beautiful inside-and-out people. Yeah. Well, it's because he's gone through a lot of tragedy in his life. So, listeners, if you don't know, uh, Keanu Reeves actually, like, so he was really close with River Phoenix, who unfortunately died of a drug overdose back in 1993, and they starred together in my own private Idaho. Um, He and his uh, former girlfriend had a baby who was uh, stillborn, unfortunately, and then two years later, his girlfriend committed suicide, uh, and he did not have a good relationship with his dad. His dad spent some time in prison. He just has always been really resentful of him. He's really close with his mom and his sister. He has a half-sister on his dad's side who he's not close with. So he just has a lot of tragedy in his own life. Mm -hmm. And I feel like how he remedies that is he pours so much love out into the world. And I wish more people had that mentality. We all need to be more like Keanu Reeves. Yes. Oh, my God. Put that on a T-shirt. People will buy it right up. Absolutely. 100% would. Also, okay, I don't know if you saw, but Ali Wong is set to do another Netflix production. It's going to be a show. It's Mm going to be a dramedy. It's Netflix and A24, so you already know. No, it's gonna be it's gonna Amazing. be something good. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's it's called Beef, and it just was announced a couple days ago that Lee Isaac Chung, who was the director of Minari, mm-hmm. will also be directing the pilot and probably some other episodes. There's not a lot out about like what this show is. Apparently, okay. it starts off with like a couple who has road rage, and then from there unravels into something else. Oh, so okay. I'm excited to see what's gonna happen. I like I said, I Ali Wong just brings me so much joy. She's hilarious. Yeah. Also. Okay, before we head off, I need to address when she is singing along to D'Angelo with her braces in the car. <laughs> yes. Oh my God, I love that. Like that image is pure comedy. I love it. The music in here is amazing. D'Angelo, too short. Obviously Mariah, who I yeah. love so much. So absolutely. I, love it. I know. Shout out to the Bay Area for always having good music. And like the soundtrack yes. of this, I would listen to it in my car on a road trip. Same. All the time. Oh my God. Oh, it's such, like you could put on at a party. Amazing. Mm-hmm absolutely yeah. it'll be completely amazing oh gosh <laughs> listeners we'd love to hear what you guys think about always be my maybe are you excited for ali wong's new movie what are you watching of Randall parks and keanu reeves what did you think of this movie when do you watch it have you seen it before you can leave us a dm at meet cute and just a reminder my name's kendra you can find me at kenton hollywood on ig and tiktok Yes, and I've been Mercedes. You can find me at MercedesGB11 on Twitter, IG, and TikTok. And if you're looking for new rom-coms, follow Meet Cute wherever you listen to podcasts and follow Meet Cute on socials everywhere. Bye, guys. We will see you next week. Mm-hmm.